Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The latest that we have is two FBI agents are dead. This in Miami. Two killed, three others wounded, serving a warrant on a federal child pornography suspect. This uh, at a residential complex in Sunrise. This happening in the early morning hours. 6 a.m. according to the reporting from the New York Post. Also have reporting here from Fox News and others. The suspect is also dead. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. More on the story is playing out. More information uh, coming out. Uh, from it, um, no victims yet have been identified. Uh, two of the wounded agents were in stable condition at nearby hospitals. The shooting is um, is under investigation. Uh, noted from Reuters that it's the first major fatal shooting of FBI agents in the line of duty in years. And I, I, I don't know if that maybe just struck me as an odd statement to make. Um, uh, uh, certainly, uh, that that we're, we're we're timing these things out, uh, if you will. But that's the latest uh, that we have right now on this case. Uh, you've got roads uh, coming in and and out of of Sunrise, Florida, that have been shut down as they're dealing with this. Uh, Sunrise is to the west, uh, due west of of Fort Lauderdale, north of Plantation. Uh, Florida, right? So north of of 75, when you make that cross across the state, if you've ever done that southern Florida Florida move to go from Fort Lauderdale to Naples, right? I've I've done it before. Um, You make that cross. That's where it is. I'll have more on this story as it continues to develop. But I want to take you to South Dakota and understand the real world ramifications that the coasts don't give a damn about when it comes to jobs and livelihoods and joy. And this is the story, of course, of Joe Biden putting an end to the Keystone XL pipeline. It must be understood that when we discuss putting an end to the pipeline, we are not discussing putting an end to the pipeline. The XL part was this addition that would simply change the way that the oil was was maneuvered. The Keystone Pipeline right now takes the 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 oil, the tar sands, if you will, uh, there out of Canada, and then moves it across from Alberta uh, through was it through Saskatchewan? Right, uh, and then down, down through the Dakotas into Steel City, and then continues down into Texas. Right, that that's the things, and then there's another phase of it, a part of it that's supposed to shoot off into through, through Missouri. I'm not even sure if that phase still still works. Um, the 
XL part, phase four, is just a different way of moving the oil. So instead of going across Canada and then straight down, it comes at an angle. Moves out of North Dakota altogether, comes through South Dakota, through Nebraska to Steel City, and then joins in. Right? That's what it does. It's already, you know, something that's making money and working. And and the Canadians are happy and Americans are happy. And this is what Joe Biden put an end to as president of the United States. He put an end to that. The oil still moves. Instead of moving pipeline, it'll move trains, right? Trains owned by Warren Buffett, who was a supporter of who? Joe Biden. But that's not the story. The story is Lori Cox. Lori Cox owns a uh, hotel in Midland, South Dakota. The hotel is two stories. It's called the Stropple Hotel. I've never been there. It sounds like a lovely place to visit. Maybe cold right now. But it's the kind of place where people just lead a good and happy life. Midland, just north of of Route 90, there in South Dakota, near... Uh, I, I would say the, the western part, uh, central western part of, of the state, closer closer to uh, Rapid City uh, than uh, to, to Sioux Falls. And this hotel takes care of pipeline workers. It it, it houses them, and she, Lori Cox, uh, will will go food shopping for these guys who live there. Basically, live there while they're working the pipeline. Uh, and, and and take care of them. She cooks for them. And when she saw that Joe Biden was going to win, she cried. And when she was there watching the inauguration, she had fear. And then hours later, the reason for her tears came true when the permits for the XL pipeline were revoked. Because that's the end of her livelihood. That's the end of of their livelihoods, this group of people who she describes as a family, as written by the Washington Examiner, she sees as as this family being torn apart, just absolutely, positively ripped to shreds. Ripped to shreds by what is the real story. You see, you and me and we, understand that the removal of this permit is a full-on attack on the Midwest. It is brutality for the Midwest, but what it really is, is an homage, or or, or not an homage, a a tip of the cap, a, a, hey, uh, coastal elites, look what we did for you. Joe Biden does not look at it as, look what we did to you, but rather, look what we did for you. And everybody who sits in a faculty lounge in California or sits at their pseudo-intellectual Algonquin roundtable in New York and only wishes they had the chance to hang out with Pauline Kael says, oh, got rid of the Keystone XL pipeline. Good thing he did that. You know, this is somebody who really cares about the environment. There's no environmental change. None. 
Zero. That's a lie. But the people on the coasts who will never feel the impact of the decision are thrilled and overjoyed. And when Joe Biden comes to town, they're going, you are doing so much for the environment and care so much about my, my children. They probably don't have kids, but that's neither here nor there. That's who he's going to get the applause from. That's who he cares about. That's who he did this for. Not for anybody who lives in Nebraska. Not for anybody who lives in South Dakota. Not for anybody who lives in Montana. Not for anybody who makes their money by actually working with their hands. And sacrifices. And sweats. And works through the pain. Oh, I had such a long day. I need a massage. No, 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 not those people. The people who work the pipeline get up whether their back hurts or not, and they work the pipeline. Sometimes, and I have been guilty of saying this before, we ask, where are the men in America? Well, they're out there, and they're showing up every good holy damn day and doing their job and taking care of their families and loving their families. And Joe Biden looked at them and said, you don't matter. I do this to you and I do this for others. A move that doesn't make America better and doesn't make America freer and doesn't make America safer and doesn't help the climate one damn bit. question is now what does Lori Cox do what does she do now what's Lori's plan what is Lori supposed to say to the bank what is Lori supposed to say to her family what are they supposed to do one of the guys uh, down there in South Dakota, semi-retired mechanic, as the examiner calls him, come down here. See the destruction you caused. See the pain of job loss. You took our chance to have a decent life with the stroke of the pen. Well, they've already got an answer for you there, Gaylord. That's his name, Gaylord Lincoln, South Dakota mechanic. They got these, these good-paying jobs for you, not just good-paying jobs, good-paying union jobs, because that is what's important to them. Not only are they satisfying all them woke folk on the coasts, but look what they did for the unions, helping bring back union jobs by ensuring no other job exists, even if it was a union job. It was just the wrong union job, bad union job, right? He ain't coming down to see you doesn't give a damn about you. You being hurt, you're not the one who voted for him. You being hurt, he doesn't think about the electoral votes in South Dakota. If the Keystone Pipeline went through San Francisco, you'd have a different conversation. But it doesn't. The XL went through South Dakota and down into Steel City. And that's why it was so easy just to sign. Make happy those who write the checks. And tell those who won't know how to write their next check, don't worry, new good green jobs are coming. Maybe. I'm Tony Katz.
you can never truly know your place in the wokeosphere. See, at one moment, you're on top. You are the wokest of the woke. And the next moment, you have fallen unwoke and need to be wokeified. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 Got Tony, Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, including my latest appearances on Newsmax. I'm on again today, uh, four, what, 4 p.m. Eastern? Is that, what, is that what I'm on? Yes, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so uh, be sure to tune in uh, for that. It's a story that comes from the San Francisco Chronicle, where a teacher wrote in and said, you know, we saw Bernie Sanders at the, uh, at the inauguration. Right, we 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 saw him at the inauguration. And he's there with his with his mittens, and well, that's really about his white privilege. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. What'd you say about Bernie Sanders? Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, him being at the inauguration, and uh, um, he's uh, he's there with the mittens, and he's just you know legs crossed. I mean, that's just an example of 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 privilege, white privilege, male privilege, and class privilege. I like that's that's a great joke. That is a great. And fantastic and superior joke. You got to love it. You have got to love that. No, 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 no. It's a teacher from the San Francisco Unified School District High School saying we talked about gender and the possible meanings of the attire chosen by Vice President Harris, Dr. Joe Biden, the Biden grandchildren, Michelle Obama, Amanda Gorman, and others. We reference the female warriors inspiring these women, the colors of their educational degrees and their monochromatic ensembles of pure power. And there, across all of our news and social media feeds, was Bernie. Bernie memes, Bernie sweatshirts, endless love for Bernie. I puzzled and fumed as an individual as I strove to be my best possible teacher. What did I see? What did I think my students should see? A wealthy, incredibly well-educated and privileged white man showing up for perhaps the most important ritual of the decade in a puffy jacket and huge mittens. When you see privilege, you know it, I told them weeks before. Yet when they saw Bernie Sanders manifesting privilege when seemingly no one else did, I struggled to explain that disparity. I am beyond puzzled as to why so many are loving the images of Bernie and his gloves. Sweet, yes, the gloves, knit by an educator. So Bernie. Not so sweet? The blindness, I see, of so many, Bernie included, to the privileges Bernie represents. I don't know how many poor, working class, or female are struggling to be taken seriously folk who would show up at the inauguration of our 46th president dressed like Bernie, unless those same folk had privilege, which they don't. Now, I think it's interesting to take a look at the bright yellow of Amanda Gorman and, and the, the frumpiness of, of Bernie Sanders, to take a look at the crisp suit of Joe Biden and the frumpiness of, of, of Bernie Sanders, to take a look at the outfits and the carefully planned, put together outfit of, of Vice President Kamala Harris, who was in the purple uh, uh, pantsuit and, and the pearls, which was emulated, uh, or I should say first done, because she emulated it. It was first done by who? Lisa Simpson in the episode of The Simpsons where she is pretending to be president of the United States. 
The Simpsons has predicted everything. This is this is science. And if you look at it, it's it's a great side by side. It's Lisa Simpson, pearl uh, necklace, pearl earrings, purple pantsuit. It's too incredible for words. And then there's Bernie, all frumpy. Now it's possible that that's an example of some kind of white male privilege. I actually have exclusive audio of the teacher explaining it uh, to, uh, to to her class. Yeah, that that's about right. So it could be an example of privilege, or it could be an example of an old man doing old man things and not giving a damn. We all know this old man. We've all met this old man. We've all had all, all had this old man at our Thanksgiving table. How many jokes have there ever been about people who are older and the pants keep coming up, the waistline keeps coming up? How many times have we seen people who are older who just don't give a damn about anything? They'll drink the soup on the buffet straight out of the ladle and put the ladle back in the soup. We've seen these things. We've seen all the crazy. And you know what we said? (laughs) Old people are funny. Because a lot of people just give up caring. Bernie Sanders is a guy who got screwed out of the presidency twice. Twice. Maybe him being there is a... a little depressing. So he grabbed his mittens, grabbed his coat, and said, Honey, I'll be back. I'm going to do the stupid inauguration thing, and then I'm going to want some soup. And there he sat. And you know what he did while he sat there? Would you believe all this? I'm telling you, the soup better be hot. That's my Bernie Sanders. It's the best I can do. You have to want to hate everything and everyone around you to say, oh, that's white privilege. You've got to want it. And this San Francisco high school teacher wants it. I'm defending Bernie Sanders. What the hell? I'm Tony Katz. So in the Joe Biden administration, they've got a spokesperson for the U.S. State Department deputy spokesperson. Her name is Jelena Porter. I have never heard of Jelena Porter in all of my life. But as goes the reporting from the Washington Free Beacon, Jelena Porter in 2016 posted that police officers are a greater greater national security threat than ISIS and the Russians. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, Facebook. Tony Katz Radio, be sure to like the page. Now, this is how they they have it, right? This is uh, Washington Free Beacon. They've got the post. An unarmed black man takes a knee for justice, bigots riot. An unarmed black man with his hands raised takes a bullet and dies. Those same bigots are silent. Explain this to me, please. 2016, ra- hands raised. I'm not sh- is that a Is that a Ferguson reference? It could be a Ferguson. It could be a Ferguson reference. I don't remember the timeline there. 
But she continues, the largest threat to U.S. national security are U.S. cops. Not ISIS, not Russian hackers, not anyone or anything else. If y'all don't wake up and rise up to this truth, the genocide against blacks in America will continue until we are near extinct. That's not the world I seek to live in or create for myself and those around me. First of all, rise up. Well, that's a, I think that's considered a, a, a violent action uh, just to say that now. But let's, let's get back to cops are a bigger threat than ISIS and Russian hackers. A good pick, Joe. You're just, you're just doing great, Joe Biden. This is a, this is an excellent, excellent choice. And clearly we could all feel safe and secure knowing that the State Department is run by professionals or something. It's, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. How can you have this job? How could anybody think that uh, they should even consider keeping this job? No one says, hey, we, we didn't know it. We know it now. And uh, no, she won't be uh, a part of the administration and representing the State Department. I mean, that's... You want to discuss cops being an issue. Let's talk a look at, take a look at all the arrests going on in Russia right now. Where there are protests everywhere over Navalny. Right? Uh, you, you know the story there. He was poisoned with a nerve agent by Vladimir Putin. He's uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, arch nemesis, if you will. He uh, is, a, is a huge, huge Putin critic. He spent months recovering from this nerve agent poisoning. Came back to Russia, got arrested on the spot. Protests over last weekend, 3,000 people arrested. Protests over this weekend, 5,000 people arrested, and, and, and it ain't done. Now, those cops are a problem. When we see problems with cops right here, right here in America, we should say so. That U.S. police are a bigger problem than ISIS and the Russians is some, and Russian hackers is just some ignorant garbage. But now I share with you a problem with policing. And this story is an ugly story. And this is a story, I mean, I, I think the guys at Reason.com have done a, a really good job of, of kind of digging into some of the insanity. I think Reason is, is just terrific. Uh, the story goes that police ended up being called to a disturbance, I guess you would call it. And in the disturbance, they end up having to arrest a nine-year-old. I have no idea why in the world you have to arrest a, a, a nine-year-old. There, there has to be better uses of, 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 of your time. Doesn't make any sense at all. And when you watch the body cam video, there's a police officer on a snowy street. I mean, I can't, I can't play you the, the, the audio because I don't know what, what levels of cursing there are in there. 
and I, I don't know, they get called uh, to the house. Uh, there, there's, there's a problem. There's an issue. All you know is they're trying to get her in, into the car. One, two, three, four, five, six cops, five of them men, grown men. Now, there's no right now claim that the child committed any crime. The police were reportedly responding to a a family disturbance call, and you have the deputy police chief claiming that the child indicated that she wanted to kill herself and wanted to kill her mom. Don't get me wrong. That's an issue. Maybe that's a reason for police to show up. But she's, she, they, are, they are going to now cuff this girl. And they cuff this girl. And do me a favor, producer. All right, finger on the dump button. Because I think I've got this part here as clear. But I, you, you got to double check me. And one of the more horrific things that got said actually has nothing to do with the girl. The girl is arrested. The girl is screaming for her father. They want to put the girl in in the back of the police car. She won't go in the back of the police car. She, she She's fighting going in the back of the police car. She was fighting being arrested. She's nine. So they pepper sprayed her. They pepper sprayed a nine-year-old. They pepper sprayed a nine-year-old And the police union is defending this, saying it resulted in no injury to her. Had they had to go and push further and use more force, there's a good chance she could have been hurt worse. So you pepper sprayed her because she could have been hurt worse. That certainly seems to be how it plays. And that's insane. A reason to bust police unions as well. Sorry, don't get angry with me. I don't want to hear it. This is nuts. It's a nine-year-old girl. You're five grown men and one grown woman. You can't do it? I don't believe you that you can't do it. I want to say it for the record. I don't believe you. And I watched the video. But this is the part of the video that got to me. Finger on the dump button, Ari. Here we go. I'm not going nowhere. I want my dad. We don't here. Hey! Get back in your house! And that was it. You hear this girl crying for her father. I'm not going nowhere. I want my dad! That's certainly heartbreaking. It's this. Hey! Get back in your house! Any cop who tells you to get back into your house as a cop who needs to be fired. Off the force. Gone. Guys, I am more than willing to support police officers doing a tough job. I am more than willing to take a look at situation after situation where cops have to make a decision about their own safety. But no officer gets to tell any uh, uh, American citizen to stay in their house. It's not the way it works. I was more bothered by that than almost anything. And we're talking about a nine-year-old that was pepper sprayed. If you're willing to tell American citizens to stay in their house, of course you're willing to uh, pepper spray a nine-year-old. Now, somewhere out there, there's going to be somebody who defends police or a police officer, a former officer, who tells me, Tony, you don't understand. And I'll say to you, okay, I don't understand. 
I don't understand what it's like to have a child who's fighting back. I don't know what it's like to have a child who's, who's got, got some strength and making it difficult on you. Here's what I do understand. And this isn't a debatable subject. There's five grown men. If five grown men cannot get a nine-year-old into the car, well, then I think we've got a problem with our training. Probably not enough push-ups. We're not discussing whether it's a difficult situation. We're not discussing whether people fight back. We're not discussing any of those things. That's all true and legitimate. And without question, this was a child who was completely uh, being uh, unhelpful, if, if you will, if we want to call it that. Lack of a better word, guys. Was squirming away as two officers are trying to get her hands behind her, 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 her back. Well, of course she was. This is not a, there's no conversation here. Of course she was. There's five of you, six cops total, five grown men. Of course you could do this. There was no need to pepper spray her as I see it. And yeah, these people are gonna get removed from the force cause it's nuts. But we're telling people to stay in their house? Yeah. That's not going to work. That. That. Is another part of this very, very strange story. Now, there, there is one more part to this. Um, first, where was the social worker they were supposed to send out? Where was the social worker they were supposed to send out? Because this would be a great example of seeing whether or not that would have worked. You have somebody threatening to kill their mom. So uh, bring on the social worker and let's see what happens. Maybe that would have been a good, a good test run, a good example of something we could have tried uh, for sure. And then we have to ask ourselves whether or not we want police dealing with these kinds of things. If we don't want to accept, have uh, this kind of result, maybe we should ask whether we want police there to begin with. And maybe police should only have to deal with, you know, crime crimes and not... And acting up nine-year-olds. But Tony, she threatened. Look, I'm saying that people are putting a lot of pressure on, and, 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 and impositions on police officers. And you got to make sure you know what you want from them. That's all. Me, I don't think there's any need for the pepper spray. I think that there's one, two, three, four, five, six of you. You should be able to handle this. At least I see six. Maybe there are more. And you should handle it without pepper spray. And when you're telling people to stay in their house, you're out of your head. And I'll happily say that to you, nose to nose. I'm Tony Katz. This whole Lakers, Hawks, LeBron couple being thrown out of the game is incredible. Because I'm convinced that the couple did it as a setup to get some fame. I'm also convinced that LeBron's a jerk. Like, I think every part of this, however you want to go about the story, it's totally true. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. right, so I think I've got this right, uh, Producer Ari. Uh, There is this husband and wife. 
Her name is Juliana Carlos, mm -hmm. and she's 25. She is. Her her husband is what? 60? I I, I is he much older? I just yeah, it certainly seems that way from 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 the photos. All right, and clearly, good, good for him. Uh, you know, he's done well. He's he's made some money, and and I I don't know if this is the first wife or the trophy or whatever they they may call it. They're at the game. Next thing you know, he is getting into a, a kind of a verbal altercation with LeBron James. She's getting into a verbal altercation as well. They get thrown out of the game. As she's being thrown out, she's posting the video. On Instagram, wherever it is. And she's like, so I'm minding my own business. And Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. And we're watching the game for 10 years, whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue with LeBron. I don't give a blank about LeBron. Anyway, I'm minding my own business, drinking my, my drink, having fun. All of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. And I see this, and I stand up. And I go, don't blanking talk to my husband. And he looks at me, and he goes, sit the blank down, B-word. And I go, don't blanking call me B-word. You sit the blank down. Get the blank out of here. Don't blanking talk to my husband like that. That's a pretty good impression. That's a pretty good impression. And didn't curse once, people. That's the way we do it. So she starts going on this tear. I see you mess with my man. I am so coming after you. You see, if I, if I was a gold digger and I didn't care about my husband, I'd be like, whatever's. But I care because I love him. It's a crazy, crazy series of, of videos. So she's getting dragged on social media. The two of them are getting attacked. I think, I think LeBron was like, whatever, it was no big deal. But I still don't know the answer of whether LeBron was, was giving them garbage. What, was, was LeBron giving them a, a hard time at the game? I doubt it. That's, I, I, that's the part that's confusing. How do you get into a... Because this isn't the first time we've seen something like this happen. Did you not hear her quote, I was drinking my drink? What do you think was in that drink? But how did... I, I, what was in that drink? Seltzer. Yeah, I bet. How did... How does it start? Like, like I, I, I get your point. You can be so drunk that you do something dumb, you say something dumb. I, I'm not going to argue that. Drunk people will say dumb things. The question before us is, how does LeBron even get wrapped up into it? Because he could have just walked away, but he didn't. And I'm not, I'm not blaming. I want to understand the origins. I want to understand how these things unfold and how they become these, these bigger things. Because it's, I've, I've been to a, a, a fair amount of, of uh, NBA games. I've, I've never actually tried to speak to a player when I'm there. I got pretty good seats, producer Ari. I know. I, I don't, I don't want to brag or not. Have I gotten you pretty good seats before? Yeah, you hooked me up. Yeah, it's because I'm a, I'm, I'm a professional. First class. I mean, it, 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 it's, I've never, I have never gotten into a, I've, I've never had a conversation with a player. Oh, I have back in my college days. That was that was so you don't know this. So, but producer Ari went to went to Butler, and uh, Butler University in Indianapolis, and he was one of those guys. That's he right. was the guy at every game. Like he was famous for being this guy. I did for, my for being the chatterer. Yeah, and that's right? the goal is to get them to respond. I can say whatever I want. If you respond, you lose. So LeBron blew it.
I don't care what this guy said. You can't respond. But it's not like it's it's not playing that way in social media. Well, you know, that's pe- people can play it however they want. That's the truth. My goal Meanwhile, is to get you this kicked is out. The, this is the strangest uh, way of auditioning for Real Housewives of Atlanta I've ever seen. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today.